Hello again, listeners. Welcome back to Forgotten Events. I am your host, Katie. The story that I'm about to share with you will leave you puzzled. Almost three decades ago, the city of Austin, Texas, was rocked by a tragic event. This is the story of the yogurt shop killings. In the evening hours on December 6, 1991, firefighters responded to a report of smoke rising from the I-can't-believe-it's-yogurt shop on West Anderson Lane. Once inside, the responders found a scene that could only be described as horrific. Amid the inferno were the murdered bodies of four teenage girls, Amy Ayers, Jennifer Harbison, Sarah Harbison, and Eliza Thomas. At least one of the girls had been raped. Three of the girls were stacked on top of each other, and all had been bound with their own clothing before being shot in the head with a 22 caliber handgun. This was a horrible scene that caused public outcry and placed pressure on authorities to resolve the case. It would be eight years later when four suspects, all teenagers themselves at the time, were charged with this crime. Forrest Wellborn, Maurice Pierce, Robert Springsteen, and Michael Scott. A grand jury would later decline to indict Forrest Wellborn, and the charges against Maurice Pierce were later dropped. Michael Scott and Robert Springsteen would confess to the crime and be convicted in the fall of 1999. The two would admit that they committed the rape and murders. Michael Scott was sentenced to life imprisonment, and Robert Springsteen would find himself in one of the scariest places, Texas Death Row. After their convictions, the strong case against the two would begin to show weakness. The weakness centered on the fact that their confessions, which the two alleged had been coerced, were unbelievably detailed, too detailed for most people involved in the case. One of the yogurt shop investigators, Detective Hector Polanco, would be transferred off the case due to allegations of extorting detailed confessions in an unrelated case. To make matters worse for the Austin Police Department, which they really did not need at that point, a photograph surfaced on the internet from video footage of Michael Scott's interrogation. This image would later be determined to have come from the Austin Police Department's own camera, and it showed a Detective Merrill aiming a gun at Michael Scott's head. At this point, both the defendants had been sentenced to life and had spent nearly a decade in Texas prisons. The confessions would provide 
according to one report, stunningly detailed but decidedly false information. Factors, including the allegations against Detective Polanco, contributed to Springsteen's and Scott's cases being reviewed and later their convictions overturned. Now, remember, it had been nearly a decade since their incarceration. There were several factors that made this investigation especially difficult. At the time, the Austin Police Department were relatively inexperienced in handling such tragic cases and the public pressures that went with them. They also faced an excessive amount of false confessions, leads that did not pan out, but still had to be followed up. At one point, the investigation had 342 potential suspects. Over 50 false confessions had to be debunked, including one from serial killer Kenneth McDuff. On his execution day for unrelated murders, McDuff made a confession that he committed the murders. He was known to be active in the area at the time of the crime. His crimes included targeting teenagers. Although no one believed his confession, he still had to be ruled out. Unfortunately for McDuff, his ploy to stay his execution did him no good. The state of Texas continued with his execution with no delays. It would take until 2006 for the convictions of Scott and Springsteen to be overturned. The state appealed against the ruling, causing the two to remain incarcerated until the year 2010. Fellow suspect Maurice Pierce died in December of 2010 when a routine traffic stop turned deadly. After being pulled over by police, Pierce fled the scene. When caught, Pierce drew a knife and stabbed one of the officers in the neck. The other officer managed to draw his sidearm and fatally shoot Pierce. Suspect Forrest Wellborn remains frightened to this day by his experience at the hands of the Austin Police Department. More evidence remains unresolved in this case. There were two men, unidentified, seen entering the yogurt shop shortly before the time of the crime. According to two other customers, both being credible witnesses, said two men arrived shortly before the shop's closing and remained there after the door had been locked and the shop closed. Now, if you've ever been to a fast food establishment late in the evening, you know that just before closing time, the employees lock the doors, sometimes with patrons inside. They then unlock a door each time a patron leaves the establishment. No one else is allowed in once the doors have been locked. This happens pretty much everywhere. These two men have yet to be identified by authorities. DNA was discovered at the scene, but did not match Michael Scott or Robert Springsteen. 
one question remains at the top of the list. Were the two unidentified males involved in this brutal crime or just customers passing through? Unless identified, the good residents of Austin, as well as the victim's family members, will likely never know what happened that dreadful night in 1991.